0: Hello, this is Notes from the Back Row, a podcast like no other, different themes, rotating hosts, and so much more. So strap in for a veritable cinematic Coney Island of the Mind. veronica hello jenna it's another notes from the back row back row.com it's a website <laughs> see we can do it <laughs> yeah uh welcome we are going to start talking veronica and i no dan no carlo sorry
1: just the ladies today girls
0: night <laughs> now let's talk about horrific violence <laughs> Yeah, exactly <laughs> horrific violence and our periods <laughs> but before we do that i just want to direct you guys towards backdashrow.com. row.com what a website it was our fifth birthday recently Woo! i mean by the time this comes out it won't be that recently but it was in february you know that's pretty yeah. good we're old five years back row has been around and you know what we are just producing the greatest of the great content like veronica's review of a banquet brand new movie that just came out horror movie
1: yeah ifc midnight now have a an ifc midnight like screener app on my tv so send me more screeners ifc midnight so i can use it
0: hell yeah and then how about that uh, Dan Gorman interview with the New World Pictures podcast? If you guys like movies such as Crystal Heart or Star Crystal, Making Contact, this is a great episode. He interviews them. He talks about how uh, all of their their interviews with people that worked at New World Pictures, uh, behind the scenes, really fun. Check that out. That is a great episode. There's also so many cream of the cruds if you want your uh, Carlo and Dan fix where they talk about brand new releases. And you know what? Go ahead on the site and look at our favorite movies of 2021 because all four of us uh, included lists that are quite fun. And so they're not all actually movies that came out in 2021. Yeah, <laughs> I think <laughs> I'm the only one. Actually, you did you did quite a few of 2021 movies. Most of yours are new. Yeah, yeah, I had a pretty
1: solid amount of movies that I saw in the actual theaters in 2021. So it was a good
0: one a of good which courage, was
1: actually.
0: Nightmare Alley. Are you a true medium? Yes, I am. Mr. Carla, Doctor, how about that? Please lie down.
1: Can you read minds? Yes, I can, under the right circumstances. Keep your answers brief. What do I want? To be found out, same as everybody else. Are you in contact with
0: the Beyond? Well, we've had our share of snake charmers in the past. We deal with them. Which is what we're going to talk about today. We're we're going to talk about um, Nightmare Alley in part because of Veronica. I had just watched, knowing that this remake was coming out by Guillermo del Toro, I had just watched the original 1947 Nightmare Alley by uh, Edmund Goulding, which uh, stars Tyrone Power, has uh, Joan Blondell. Colleen Gray, Helen Walker, Uh, great. It's a great movie and I really enjoyed it. And then Veronica texted me and said, I just saw Nightmare Alley in the theaters and it was awesome. And I said, great, I can't wait. And then I saw it and I I
1: loved it. And it's funny because then I saw the old one a couple of weeks ago, they played at the Roxy and it was fine, you know, where I was kind of like, okay, Um, but I definitely like the new one more. The new one has more of what appeals to me, you know? There's definitely more violence, for sure. (laughs) I kind of had a feeling when I was watching the new one where there there was, like, a couple of really pretty graphic violent moments, and I was like, Jenna's gonna hate this. This is like the Guillermo del Toro violence that like you hated in Pan's Labyrinth that I loved. I was like, oh my God, it's so, so
0: upsetting. (laughs) I, You know, the thing about the violence, so here's my thing with Del Toro, is that I, I just don't think he can tell a story. And I feel like I have this issue with every single one of his movies. And it's not his violence that kills me, it's that he never justifies it. And for example, I mean, like, here's the thing, his Nightmare Alley, Absolutely beautiful. You know, outstanding design and style. I would love to go to that fun house and pee on the floor because it was absolutely terrifying. Uh it reminded me of Blind Beast, the Japanese movie where the woman gets kidnapped and is like kept in a warehouse that's just like has multiple disembodied body parts on hanging on the walls and shit. Like that's like that's what it looked like. I loved it. It's so cool. Uh, all of these houses, I wanted to like buy all the furniture, (laughs) you know, like, I love this like Art Deco kind of cool, like semi out of time, but also very like clearly uh, riffing on a time, but very clearly his style kind of, you know, I love I love the way that he makes movies as far as that goes. But everyone is just so flat, you know, and and I didn't hate this movie. Let me just preface. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> like... I'm being kind of a prick, but like I, I don't hate this movie. The only thing I hated was Bradley Cooper, but we'll talk about that. But um the thing that kills me is just that like, you know, he he kind of floats everyone through this this world that he builds, and they never feel like they're actually grounded in it. Like I felt like the thing that kind of annoyed me about the remake of Nightmare Alley is that everything felt so predestined, which is like a subtle but important difference. From like what I thought like the precariously constructed house of cards that the original uh well the forty seven film is.
1: Yeah, I mean, I don't I I think that's I I don't really agree with that just because in the forty seven one it still feels it it feels still very set up, you know, where right. it's someone being manipulated and it's still uh people kind of it's like wild things where everybody thinks they're screwing someone else but i would also say that if we're talking about like flat i don't really think the performances the performances in the old one are like fine you know but even for the 40s i'm like guys this is molly just starts like screaming she gives the whole thing away for no reason just because she like it feels bad the female characters in the old one are dumb as rock. You no know.
0: way, Joan Blondell fucking crushes it, dude. As you okay, know,
1: and like, but that the Zora character pretty much stayed the same in in both. I think Tony Collette's better. Just I think acting in general is better now. I think it's uh, you know. It's oh, I a thought Tony Collette style. was
0: terrible though. I thought she was awful oh, because was like good. the thing is like, well, here's the thing though. Here's what I think: the forty-seven one. I think it's way more about like what hubris does to someone. It's like. You know, it, it's more set up like a tarot card reading, like nothing set in stone. There's obviously, you know, the 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 most blunt <laughs> a foreshadowing in the beginning of that film, right, about the the geek. Nice. Uh, but it doesn't. It, it feels more like, um, you know, that that he he has a chance to get out of this, whereas Del Toro's spends so much time you know, setting up the whole stuff with his father, all these flashbacks I thought were totally unnecessary, that it just comes down to destiny catching up with him, which I just think is so bleh in comparison. Like, I think it's like a subtle difference, but it just kind of like, you know, that's what I mean about coasting along. Like, I kind of hate the idea of like, you know, oh, this is just karma. You know, this is his destiny to be a geek. Like, come on. Like, (laughs) (laughs)
1: <laughs> i don't even think that was but see it's like i don't i don't think i think it's the same story it's he it's absolutely hubris catching up with him and i think it actually works in the the new one better because he's getting warned along the way so often he gets worn in the old one with like the tarot cards but there's i really enjoyed molly much more in the new one she doesn't even have a character in the old one yeah um she's absurd but they have all this like they give her more complexity. They have her telling the story about I, I. What I liked about the the new one is sort of like bringing to flesh what seems like magic. And Molly talking about like how she would get actually get electrocuted, and she had to figure out how much she could take. You know, having a little bit more weight in some of these things that were just like fun carnival fun carnival tricks. so the fact with the geek that in the new one he talks about putting laudanum in the the booze instead of just like Ryan. oh yeah this guy's drunk it's like no well even if you're a raging drunk at some point you're gonna be like this isn't working guys oh you got him hooked on like this strong opiate like that sure in <laughs> we can understand that in this country in 2022 <laughs> right. how easily people get hooked on opiates you know, so I thought it kinda of like added a little more weight to things that in the old one they just kind of were like, Oh yeah, she gets she stands here and gets things light up with electricity, but it's she's fine and you know. It it had it like felt like freaks to me. It felt like that it had sort of reminded me a couple of scenes, uh, in the new one reminded me of freaks where you're like, Oh my god, this was actually how some people had to survive.
0: Right. And I, I agree with you, actually. I mean the, the, for the geek stuff and, and you know the the being more explicit about how people were re- like kind of trapped into these situations more so than they were just desperate. Uh, you know, they' were a mix of the two, I suppose. right., yeah. I think that was that was well done and interesting. Um, and you know uh, uh, Willem Dafoe is is always is always thrilling. Oh yeah, his face is so weird. But the thing is, the, the Xena thing pisses me off though, because I'm with you. They, Molly is a is a is a nothing character in the 47 one, but in the 2021 one, they turned Zena into a nothing character, and I thought that really sucked. Like Zena in the in the 47 one is such an interesting, like layered character. This woman who you know had it all and was brought down by the weight around her neck, which was her her drunk husband. You know, and I think there was so much more empathy and, you know, and to and, and the whole whole thing about her flirting with Tyrone Power and feeling like, oh, maybe, you know, maybe I do have a future and then realizing that he's just using her like they kind of flip that in the 2021 one where she's just, you know, she she hits on him and then says like, all right, kid, good luck and like sends him on his way, you know, and I, I kind of I miss that like you know that she just she felt too flat to me like i thought joan Blondell like totally crushed it as Zena. i thought she was way more more interesting and like really built up also the the act that they had i thought you learned a lot more about how they they had this secret code and how important that code was in 2021 they're like oh here's the book about the code
1: <laughs> yeah
0: but i'll also say that like a lot of that got tiring in the
1: new one in the old one where i was kind of like okay Cause we're not gonna learn the code we know enough of it you know but at some point i kind of felt i i felt with the the old one that i was tired of it by the end and i didn't feel that way about the new one i like couldn't believe it was i knew it was ending and i was kind of like oh god wait hold on and like in the old one i was like all right all right all right i felt like everything It may be because I also knew the story at that point, but then that kind of speaks to something that like, if you already know what's going to happen, and you're still not that interested, you know, um, I just thought it looked, it didn't look as good to me. Uh, It didn't, it like visually wasn't as intriguing. I am more of a color person in general. I don't dislike black and white at all. Um, Macbeth has so far been like my favorite movie of this year. So I do I like black and white but like I love color. So that is kind of an easy an easy way for me to like a movie more is where visually I just love the new one.
0: I do wonder if like it is like what you're saying is just that because I saw the the 47 one first and then watched the 21 not too shortly after. I mean it was like a couple of them. I watched I watched 47 in December and then I saw Nightmare Alley I think in January. So, you know, it it was, there was some time in between, but yeah, I just, I I wasn't like, I didn't feel as compelled by the story that time around, but I wonder, and then you were the opposite. You saw the 2021 one, then you watched 47. I do, maybe, maybe it is just the fact that like the, once you know the, the twists, (laughs) it, it is a little bit less exciting. I mean, the thing that kind of excited me about 47 was just that there were these kind of like, um, for 47 the the women uh i I think are actually pretty interesting because you really don't get much of that you know it's usually it's a little more black and white it's a little more like you know she's an evil bitch or she's a beautiful virgin kind of thing so having like joan Blondell in there to be this kind of in between i think really uh cemented that for me though i liked um you know the doctor i liked the lilith is her name I, i liked her in 47 i thought she was um I liked how, I liked how vicious she got when finally it was revealed, you know, yeah. maybe it was a little less of a power move than 2021, which, you know, Cate Blanchett, I'm never going to complain about, but like.
1: <laughs> right. Yeah. And well, she's also like, that's such a good role for her. That it was, of, you know, where she's like kind of a femme fatale, but a little, a little smarter than, you know, like a little more, a lot of times. A lot of femme fatales are kind of. It's not even that they're, they're like dumb or anything, but it's so like strictly manipulation. Right. And a lot of times it's like kind of stupid for stupid reasons. This one. (laughs) I just liked her. You know, I mean, obviously I like women controlling men (laughs) so that's gonna be
0: you know what it is it's the femme fatales are always like they're they're super cunning but only up to like one point and then it falls off really dramatically and then they start crying and it's like
1: yeah she was like even after he's attacking her when the cops run in she's like sitting there kind of dry eyed like I'll live you know (laughs) It's like okay this I this I believe I believe this woman would be cold hearted enough that she'd pull this off and be unafraid, even as the man she's entrapped is threatening to kill her, uh, and Kate Blanchett is excellent at that. I also, I'm, I'm all right with Bradley Cooper. I feel like I've talked to a lot of people who say like they enjoyed the movie except for Bradley Cooper, and I, I don't, I kind of, I don't know what the criticism levied towards Bradley Cooper is. I thought he was loved his ass.
0: The main thing that killed me was just how he was always referred to as a young man. (laughs) Okay. All right. Well, sure. That just killed (laughs) me. But the other thing is just, I I think this character doesn't really make sense as someone who's like 47, which is like, you know, and he looks 47, you know, it's just that's
1: so the funny thing with that too, because I 100% agree. This is also something when you watch the twilight zone, where they'll be like, "Yeah, the kid." And you're like, "Are you pointing to that middle-aged man? Like, <laughs> right. Are we are we sure about this?" Right. Um so yeah, I I agree with that, but I also don't think Tyrone Power looks like a fresh-faced, you know, little 20 something. I also, I mean, I'm I'm bad at judging ages, but it's I think he was in is...
0: his late 20s or very early 30s. At the time, I don't feel like doing the math. I'm going to be honest, but like, right, um, yeah, that's
1: fine. But, but he just, even he that look,
0: but even that makes a little more sense to me. I mean, yeah, he doesn't look like that because it's 47 and like, nobody looks like a baby. Right. <laughs> and like, yeah, everyone's okay, been smoking look- for 20 years. Like,
1: <laughs> and it's, you know, I kind of also think it's in general, this is just kind of like, you know, if we're talking about the thirties, I feel like forties. 40s. So, well, it's, but it's the Depression era, right? The actual movie. Not, not the when it was made, oh. the time it was made about. Good they, question. Do they talk about the Depression being on? Well, if we're talking about sort of people lived a little harder and I think also like got started at stuff younger. Right. Which kind of makes me laugh when it's like, well, I don't think this guy would be called a kid because I think there was. 15-year-olds digging ditches for, <laughs> you know, for the circus. I don't, I just, I feel like anybody, I don't think anybody was called a kid after the time they were like 21. Have some more cigarettes. The,
0: the other thing, though, is just that I, I, you know, I just, I don't, I mean, and now <laughs> this goes beyond the film, unfortunately, but I don't like Bradley Cooper as an actor, period. I, I just sure. think he's terrible, and I've never liked him in anything unless it was a comedy. And that's like kind of, I, I just think he's, I think he's too overtly smarmy and I just don't ever buy anyone thinking that he's like a handsome leading man because he just looks like the biggest creep I've ever seen in my life. (laughs) I just had a conversation
1: with one of my friends about how I don't like sleazy looking men, but I love, I love Bradley. You know, I, I guess maybe that is kind of, that's part of his charm. I do sort of buy him as a leading man because I am attracted to him. So I'm like, yeah, yeah, I'd I'd probably, I'd let him electrocute me.
0: (laughs) Well, I just, I just, I don't know. I have a really hard time taking him seriously. And so like that was part of my problem on whole with the 2021 version is I didn't really feel like I didn't, you know, I wanted to feel scared or like intense and I just didn't really feel much except for, you know, being jealous about the furniture like I just didn't sure. it didn't like it didn't move me and I was kind of bummed about that but again like this is an issue I have with every del toro film like I've never seen a movie I've seen all of his freaking movies and I don't ever feel anything after watching them you've seen devil's backbone mm, maybe not maybe not that one I've seen I mean I've seen like all the Hellboys, I've seen crimson peak I've seen pacific rim I've seen Pan's labyrinth shape of water uh, I'm gonna watch his Pinocchio. Like I always watch his movies. Oh, I saw Mimic. I'm pretty sure. I oh yeah, Mimic. Oh my god. I like. I didn't
1: even know that was him until like much later in my life, I guess, because I watched it on TV when I was like probably 13 or something.
0: I just like he he always makes movies that I it I, I kind of feel. I mean, it's like I feel the same way about Paul Thomas Anderson. <laughs> Um, only because I was, you know, thinking of Bradley Cooper and licorice pizza. I thought he was good in that because he plays like a coked up freak. Like it was like perfect him for him. But, um, you know, I, I never, I like, I, I enjoy seeing his movies. I'm happy that Del Toro is making movies. Uh, his production design sensibility is amazing. I just don't like his films and I just don't know what, you know, again, like I just never ever connect with his characters. And I don't know if it's just the scripts, if it's just like the amount of time that he spends on the spectacle and doesn't spend enough time on the character. Like, I don't know what it is. Like, and and it drives me nuts. Like the thing I hated about Pan's Labyrinth was less that it was horrifying and more that I didn't feel it was like he ever justified that a child would be like having, would be subjecting herself to this continually over and over again.
1: You, I mean, I guess that's kind of, you say this justifying thing. Cause you even said that with like justifying the violence and that I feel like so little in this world is truly justified that it's, I, I don't understand how you're wondering like why a child would subject themselves to something, a child growing up in the middle of like a violent revolution who's, you know, lost her father and in a really like fucked up home life, you don't understand why they might return to a, a fantasy world
0: of more violence—that's the thing I don't yeah,
1: get. That's that's what they're used to. That's what it's like it. And at least that in the fantasy world, there's a straight path forward. It's clear, you know. There's someone giving her deeds to do, as opposed to home life, where it's just kind of this weird chaos. Uh, the and it the seems violence. far
0: more chaotic the the fantasy life than it does her home life. She's being given deeds.
1: Anytime you're given a goal you're like given something to accomplish that's less chaotic right you know it's like you at least have something to do at the home life it was just kind of waiting to be abused again but i mean i also kind of think i think the violence is often justified by the circumstances you know i the violence in nightmare alley which i really really loved of course it's gonna like someone's all of a sudden freaking out and shooting at you and you've Run him over with your car, <laughs> you know, like that. That was good, that though. That was like, like good. a good scene. <laughs> no, I loved. That. I loved the Richard P. Jenkins face getting caved in. I thought that was a very like sharp, intense moment of what it really. A lot of times, uh, violence we see uh, in movies is like cartoonish, or we don't just hitting someone with a fist. We don't realize how much damage that can do. And when they have that one. Shot of Richard P. Jenkins' face after being like pummeled, where you can kind of, you know, his nose is kind of broken off, and you know, or it's you really people don't even need these outrageous implements to do real, real damage to each other. Uh, so I, you know, I loved that scene in Pan's Labyrinth with the the glass bottle. It just it was so brutal, but so real, you know. And it doesn't. That's kind of why I like his violence is that it doesn't really. It doesn't try to make it too outrageous. It's just kind of... It's closer to the bone. Or oh, we don't need to slice you up, and we don't need to do this whole big, you know, ridiculous, saw-like torture sequence. We can just stab you with a glass bottle. (laughs) Like It's just... It's so much more
0: visceral. But isn't it then about the spectacle of, of the viscera? Like, you know, that's the thing. It's like it just ends up being the same indulgent scene, just like that he he shortens the doing and just lingers on the having been done, which is, you know, for, for that scene where he's running the guy over with the car, I actually thought that that did make sense because it was this emotional terror. You know, he's realizing that the, everything, you know, his, the house of cards is falling and this is it. This is the final second. So like to have that punctuation of that kind of violence, I, I, you know, that to me was justified. Like it made sense. I can see somebody reacting that way. like, does the camera have to linger on it i mean i think that's even a different conversation in a way i you know like i think about the shape of water where i you know i'm i'm hardly against sex in movies i i would love to see more romance um movies with a fish quite frankly but um all right (laughs) that's my kink but (laughs) i just thought that there was similarly like these explicit sex scenes and nude scenes that just felt superfluous to the to the point of anything you know it's one thing when she's actually with that fish man it's like did we need the scene of uh your boy you know having sex with his wife like violently and stuff like i like i don't know it's like there there were just stuff too that it was just like weird to sit there and and you know indulge in this kind of like male gaze uh you know because we can do it kind of attitude that you know it just it kind of forces you to stand there and be like, wow, they really went for it. And, and to me, that doesn't like, that doesn't excite me,
1: (laughs) you know? I wasn't a huge fan of shape of water, so I can't really speak too much on that. I, most of it, most of it I thought was dumb. I thought it looked good, but you know, it's for me, it's hard to get into something where the main plot is about love. (laughs) It just, (laughs) I'm like, all right, I don't care. You both seem annoying. So with that that movie, I was kind of like, this is this is fine. I love I love Michael Shannon. I thought obviously great performance, but um, overall didn't really care about that. But it kind of it just sort of makes me laugh when you're going like, well, isn't that still focusing on the spectacle? But I don't. I guess I don't know why you go to movies then, <laughs> Jenna. <laughs> like, don't you go to movies to see things that you we don't really normally see? Don't we go to movies for some level of spectacle? A lot of the worlds that are in movies and a lot of the worlds that he, Del Toro himself is from, have a lot of violence in them. And I I think that like to really want justification for everything, to really want things to be, that almost kind of seems, it almost kind of seems like you're asking for things to make sense when in just that's unrealistic you know like nothing things don't necessarily have to make people are just sort of horrifically violent for no reason or i, I can't really speak to the gratuitous sex in shape of water i've only seen that movie once
0: i, uh, I did so too i didn't I'm not, really love it <laughs>
1: yeah i was kind of like okay this is not but i don't i think that there's he's he grew up in sort of a violent area you know and he's made his movies about actually you should watch devil's backbone because
0: when he made have you seen chronos have you seen that one Mm, i don't know maybe i haven't seen the ones that i would like i mean here's the thing is like like it's not that i need everything to make sense like it's not that i need everything to be a perfectly ordered world because of course i mean that's not you know realistically that's not even i don't even want that in my life but like I, I, the thing that kills me is that, I mean, on one hand you have a movie where every single thing that is included in this movie was a choice. So it's really hard for me to justify it by like, well, life doesn't make sense, but like somebody made multiple decisions that led to leading this in this film. So I have a hard time looking at movies and saying like, well, just, you know, it's a big mystery. Cause it isn't, it was like, you know, literally done by committee. So like I, that's when it just gets to the point where you know like okay people are violent fine like but you know what what was what was the impetus for including this you just want to say that like the people are violent like okay that's like really basic like i don't know if i need to watch a two-hour but, movie about people I are guess violent
1: this is what i don't understand though Then, like because he doesn't even he doesn't even really have compared to a lot of movies his aren't really that violent it's just kind of these these small moments of pretty realistic And, uh, you know, sort of organic violence at moments that it seems like someone would attack or someone would fight back. So I guess I don't really understand why you have such an objection to the violence he puts in or how you feel that it doesn't fit. Because it's not like these people are in sort of soft, gentle worlds. It tends to be, you know, his movies Pan's Labyrinth is a, a civil war going on and in you know, Nightmare Alley. it's people struggling and just trying to survive. And so I guess it doesn't I don't I, this is kind of where we're getting tripped up.
0: I guess it just comes back to the fact that I don't think there's much else in the film other than the violence. like that that's the most interesting part of his movies, and the the characters are never fleshed out. Like, I never feel like they they never feel like real people to me. And they always feel like they're floating through a world that is really the star of the film is the world and not the person and like destiny is the star of the film and i there's like a very christian aspect to that that like uh, you know it just comes back to this idea that like all things like to me that's where it becomes this like why why do all things have to be destiny you know like it never feels random because it feels like it was meant to be and and that, that kind of attitude in films just never I it just doesn't click with me. So
1: now that's that's specifically for Nightmare Alley, yes.
0: Well for because all that's of not his really movies true of I Pan's
1: Labyrinth.
0: But Pan's Labyrinth is like also a feels like a destiny movie. I think just because people end up in a certain
1: spot doesn't necessarily mean it's destiny. You know, I think like in, in Nightmare Alley There's more of that because it's like manipulation and there's, you know, the kind of psychic miasma going on. I don't like I'm kind of having trouble figuring out what your what your problem is with Del Toro. me too i would
0: love let's 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 focus on what my problem is with del toro because i'd love to figure it out too because i keep seeing his movies i i like to you know i look forward to seeing his movies and i'm let down every single time (laughs) and i don't know if it just comes down to the fact that you know it it just ends up being that like this is this is just art that's not for me which is fine it's not that i you know i again i don't think that he's a i think he's a great filmmaker. Uh, you know, I, I'm always interested in what he's, what he's doing. I'm so happy that he exists. There's, you know, especially in a, in a sea of like the blandest, like, did you, there was like Netflix put out a trailer for every single movie they're going to release on Netflix this year. And they all look like the same goddamn
1: movie. Sure, it I believe was absolutely
0: crazy. You know, it's all different people. They have all these different titles and it looks like the color grading was exactly the same. The camera's exactly the same because I know Netflix requires you to use this very specific camera because they want stuff in 4k. You know, it was like everything yeah. looked interchangeable. And of course these were all different directors. So when, when you have somebody like Del Toro, I'm, I'm thrilled. I'm so, I'm elated. I love this. I love the art direction. I, you know, I love the fantasy aspects of, of what he's doing. And even in a movie like nightmare alley, that is more grounded in, in, reality still has this very like you know haunted um wild feel and and i love that so i you know that's it's just i don't know if it's maybe that he just doesn't spend enough downtime with characters where like you know or he he like misuses the downtime like in nightmare alley i thought all of the flashbacks with the father on the bed was just totally like a waste of time (laughs) You know, I didn't need any of that personally. I it didn't add anything to the character for me. It's like, "Oh, you feel sad that your dad died? Cool." You know? <laughs>
1: like I mean, but even with that, I don't think it was a sadness thing. He literally burns the dude's body.
0: What like, else do you do he, with you know, a body? Is going to bury it, come on. No, but
1: that's that's <laughs> what I to me, that was more about like how how sort of ruthlessly driven you know that character was where he just watches he like opens the window so his dad dies faster you know (laughs) like he didn't he didn't it wasn't about him being sad it was about him being like all right let's move this along so i can so i can get out of here
0: but didn't that take away then from his whole you know fight to the top in the current day circus stuff like i mean i knew that was coming But it was also like, all right, the guy's ruthless, you know? Like, he didn't do anything that was more ruthless until that final scene where he's running a guy over. But it was also, like,
1: woven into it. So it wasn't necessarily, like, we knew right away. In the beginning, you just kind of see him in a burning house. And then later, it's, you know, we see him open the window and kind of watch his dad die, uh, like, choke to death on his own mucus, whatever he does. You know, we we're spending the time with him we already kind of know that he like is smart enough he wants to get we hear him talking to Willem Dafoe he's a little horrified at what Willem Dafoe says about the geek you know he's definitely a little like that we do kind of see his barometer for what he finds to be acceptable right (laughs) degenerative behavior degenerate not uh, so I, I don't, I disagree that it takes away from that. And I don't even, we don't even really get that. All that information in the beginning, that's still kind of winding through. So I, you know, it's, I think maybe it's just art. That's not for you. Uh, Cause I, it's honestly, when it comes to like, you know, the, I always feel the characters are real. I didn't care. Like I said, I didn't care that much about shape of water. Um, and crimson peak i didn't care that much about
0: crimson uh, peak was I, such a disappointment yeah but like everybody
1: here's the thing crimson peak wasn't beloved you know like i think that was a movie i wanted to made, love it like,
0: does that people count
1: didn't really like so he that wasn't a great movie you know um but i was like in pan's labyrinth i felt like the characters were very real devil's backbone has very it's mainly children uh, and they're very like very upsettingly real children um chronos i actually think you'd get a kick out of it's it's uh ron perlman's there he's really good and i like the hellboys i like that first hellboy i don't remember if i saw the golden army or if i saw all of it but i'd have less connection to like comic booky type movies anyway um because then they just kind of they have to they're a franchise, you know, so that you kind of know who's going to be safe and who's going right. to be fine, who's going to, you know, that that stuff. That's not even a Del Toro thing. That's just, like, why I don't like franchise movies, because it just doesn't, there's no tension there for me.
0: Maybe it is the comic book aspect, because I, I love comic books, but I, I'm definitely much pickier about them, and or even fantasy novels. You know, like, the thing I I... I come from a family (laughs) where uh, half of my family is obsessed with like reading and and voraciously will read every single fantasy novel or sci-fi novel that comes across their desk, like hundreds of books a a year, kind of like, you know, the way that I watch movies, they devour uh, books and fantasy and sci-fi specifically. I cannot do that with sci-fi fantasy books because there are so many books that spend just freaking pages describing like the grass that was like outside of the castle and I just it drives me (laughs) insane and so there is like this maybe part of this kind of fantasy world spectacle thing that fantasy fans love that I just hate where it's like that kind of flowery explanation where like you made your point in the first sentence, but let's go on and really like muse on it for a bit. Like, I don't, that's like, you know, I, there's a repetitiveness in that, that drives me insane. Like I, I don't need to like sit there and, and consider the rose for <laughs> six pages. Like if, if there's a whole movie where the the plot is just, we're only going to consider the rose, I can like settle down into it or whatever the heck, you know, but I don't know. There, there is definitely, I bet you wouldn't,
1: I bet you hate- I probably would hate
0: it. I probably would hate it. I've been watching all these uh, experimental films, and it's it's funny to me to see which ones. I've been watching all these Stan Brackage movies right now, and you know, to to sort of realize these they have no plot. It's just a matter of like you know, special like you know, special effects, as it were. But it's like him painting directly on film, or like you know, bits and scraps of things and messing around with what the cameras can do. And it's interesting for me uh, to to be doing this. I'm doing it for Cinema 60, but I it's interest. It's been fun because some of them I hate and some of them I like get really excited about Sure. <laughs> and it it just kind of has more to do with like well if you're going to show me something that's really interesting and really visually kinetic then I get excited but when you're showing me just like here's the the rays of light as they you know reflect off of my camera lens and the ocean and it's like all right I got it <laughs> I don't need to see I don't need to see 30 minutes of it like Two minutes was great.
1: Well, it's funny because when you're talking about sci fi and fantasy books, it's funny that you like put those together because those are so, they're such distinct genres from each other that, like, I don't like fantasy. I don't really read fantasy. I definitely don't watch fantasy. Game of Thrones can suck my dick. Uh, (laughs) But I love sci fi. And, you know, I can see similarities in that a lot of what I don't like about fantasy is that I hate the stupid names. I hate it's always kind of medieval and I don't really care about medieval times. I'm Victorian era onward kind of girl, you know, I'm <laughs> like, I don't medieval looks uncomfortable. And I have a feeling everybody smelled disgusting.
0: you need a working toilet is what you're telling me.
1: Oh God! I need several, please. (laughs) Uh, I'm not not into. Plus, everyone in a lot of like you know fantasy movies always still have like beautiful teeth and you know stuff where you're like, okay, come on, right? (laughs) We're we're gonna do it. Like, let's show some people with scurvy. But I do really love sci-fi, and their sci-fi can be sort of hit or miss when it has, uh, they you know it can everything can be hit or miss but like it'll sometimes it has those books that will spend a lot of time building a world or making things very specific and kind of explaining all the rules dune is like that in a lot of ways um, but dune kind of clips along i can't speak to the rest of the dune series but i have heard that uh, there's a couple of them that certainly drag a little bit more but like dune will give you a lot of information uh, and really you know build these power structures and build this world and you're kind of in it while it's being built you know so you're you're following along but then there's other there's like philip dick where it's just like okay guess what it's the 60s <laughs> like, okay <laughs> <laughs> okay we well, got 130 pages let's go <laughs> like let's just you know introduce a concept write a story right
0: well i and i which
1: i don't think they do and i mean maybe they do in fantasy i don't know enough fantasy but i've never had anyone be like yeah this fantasy book really clips long
0: (laughs) well i I mean it's fantasy is definitely more guilty of of spending all this time explaining the rules to you uh which yeah it kills me um though at the same time i i love lord of the rings like I love Lord of the Rings sure. and the whole first book is about explaining the rules to you. Uh, especially the council of Elrond is like such a slog. I love Lord of the Rings and I find that to be such a slog to get through. But like, it, as long as fan, I, I love fantasy on whole as a genre, but like, I like when it get it's showing you stuff that's, you know, that's when I'm, that's when I get into the, like just the spectacle of something. Like I, I want to just see a bunch of stuff that isn't possible in in real life. Uh, I like, I, I don't mind medieval stuff, um, but I just need for there to be a bigger theme behind everything, and ideally for me, the best fantasy and the best sci-fi is is you know something that's not purely black and white sometimes you know, like you know I love like i I was went through a King Arthur thing like a couple of years ago, which was a lot of fun, but it wasn't huh. like the the end all for me as far as like you know a lot of these stories are pretty much about like did did you see the green Knight?
1: I did not.
0: Um, because I mean, that's another one where it's just like, don't be a dick. Like that's the story. (laughs) Sure. And I didn't mind that movie, uh, because knowing, but I think because coming in, knowing this was an Arthur tale, you know what I mean? Like knowing that this was going to be a one note, uh, I, I thought that it was perfectly enjoyable, but like, did it speak to me? Did it like, wow me? Like, no, I kind of feel the same way that I feel about the del toro movies were like i liked it i was excited to see it and i got nothing out of it and i'm and i'm thrilled (laughs) okay you know like i don't hate i don't hate del toro like i don't hate these movies i just get i get frustrated because i want to love them and i when i hear people like you know wax poetically about how much they they adore these things i'm like what am i missing like i i just don't i don't really i don't know it's just at the end I, i think it might just not be for me Yeah, because it's funny you say
1: where it's like you brought up the P.T. Anderson sort of comparison where he's someone I really enjoy, but it's also like I enjoy every other movie. I guess it's like that's how I feel about Wes Anderson is where I don't really go to Wes Anderson movies anymore because there's kind of like I would go and be like there's no reason for me not to like this. The only reason I don't like it I didn't know. I guess that's not true. I have, I can explain quite clearly my reasons. Oh, so twee. <laughs> Shut up. Everybody stop talking like that. You're all so annoying. This soundtrack's driving me crazy. <laughs> so that's different. I feel like I have very specific complaints about Wes Anderson. <laughs>
0: oh he annoys me but like you don't hate that he exists right like as far as a filmmaker like i think there is it's like a really specific type of thing where maybe you well maybe you hate wes anderson but like no no
1: i my my spiel with wes anderson is that like i'm glad he's making films i'm glad that something he's something different yeah i mean i guess i'm glad that something like him can make it in can be in the mainstream because a lot of times mainstream movies are dumb or lazy you know there's there's a lot of I can't stand superhero movies at all you know there's just so many of these like kind of cranked out mainstream movies and I'm glad that someone like Wes Anderson is making things that like millions of people go to see you know it's not yeah which is weird not <laughs> yeah, well, I don't get it. Either. I like Wes
0: Anderson actually, but like I think it it is like it's it is cool and bizarre that that he has such a fan base.
1: Yeah, I guess it's funny because it's also he's someone where his really early stuff kind of doesn't resemble his later stuff. Where it's like you can kind of see the evolution, but like Rushmore is such a a simple movie. It just even how it's composed and then you see something like Grand Budapest Hotel and you're like oh my god like your eyes go crossed every single inch of it is like you know art directed within an inch of its life where it doesn't a lot of like his super early stuff doesn't really feel that way it feels like we're in a a strange world that I don't really recognize but it's not as like manipulated but I P.T. Anderson might be a little bit of like a better comparison um not even comparison but it's like because i can kind of understand with pt anderson there's definitely movies i've liked of his that i've walked out and been like well why the hell did i watch that (laughs) and then i watch it like three or four more times and i'm like no i love this movie the first time i saw the master i was like what in the hell is going on and then afterwards like couldn't stop thinking about it and then watched it again was like okay i love this movie but it did Man, kind of take a minute where I was like, I'm not entirely sure what we're doing here or why I'm still watching this. I would
0: love to rewatch the master. I saw that in theaters and I haven't seen it since. And I, I like walked out and I said, huh?
1: Right. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> I
0: honestly feel like every single one of his movies, I walk out and say, huh? And I, and it doesn't mean I didn't like it, but I just also like, he just, he doesn't do it for me at all. And I keep seeing his movies because again, like I like, I like these worlds he builds. Uh I like the, the bizarre rhythm that he gets into. I like his themes. All of his movies though are, you know, about cruelty <laughs> 100%, which is definitely that's not my thing. I don't, you know, I don't mind a movie that is cruel and I can get into a, you know, like a situations that are cruel, but when the film is just about wallowing in cruelty, then I start to get bored. <laughs> <laughs> pt anderson's you mean yeah are? all of them okay. every I, yeah. I i I like because i was thinking about this recently and i was you know writing actually something for back row about licorice pizza about how it's uh you know a, another movie where I, i'm I'm surprised that there was this controversy about it because i'm like everything he's done is mean <laughs> right why would you be surprised that he was now, now now he finally was mean enough that he got offensive you know like apparently so it's like it, you know there there's just to me there's something about uh, the the what he focuses on where you know i I am always intrigued, but I never leave really feeling impacted
1: I refuse to see licorice pizza. Um, the trailer bothered me, and I don't know why, and I know. I feel like we can point to things I've written where I've been like, the trailer annoyed me and then I saw it and loved it. So maybe (laughs) I shouldn't like, maybe I shouldn't just judge things by the trailers, but I'm here (laughs) to say that I refuse to see Licorice Pizza.
0: I mean, the movie, I don't think, I don't know that you'd hate it, but you're, you're probably gonna roll your eyes at it because it's really, Again, it's just about how much the 70s sucked, and I feel like that's something sure. that, like, women don't need to yes. you know. Oh, yeah, yeah, I'm sure it did. The whole thing, to me, I, I, I'm going to post a whole back row thing on it this week so you can read it if you're interested. <laughs> but the whole thing ties into this theme of people's, like, good intentions and then their shitty actions.
1: Yeah, that's, uh, I'm glad I didn't go see it. I'm glad I saw Macbeth the second time instead of going to see <laughs> the first pizza because that was the two options that were playing at the Roxy and I was like nah, nah, I don't want I don't really want to see Licorice
0: pizza. It's, yeah, it's it's I don't know. I you have you saw Inherent Vice?
1: Mm-hmm. I thought Inherent I also, Vice was like a
0: almost a better version but it also didn't really make any fucking sense. <laughs>
1: yeah, which I know is true of the book too, but I didn't I was watching Inherent Vice at a friend's house and at some point fell asleep and then kind of like woke up and the movie was certainly still going because it's like three <laughs> hours long. Um, and then like kind of watched the rest of it, like kind of was, you know, and that had been like, yeah, 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 I'll probably have, I'll probably rewatch this movie because I fell asleep and I don't really know what's going on. And then I never cared to rewatch it. <laughs> I was like, that's fine. Uh, yeah. I don't think you're missing just- out on anything. Yeah. And it's like, I liked Phantom Thread enough, but I certainly didn't, I, you know I know we've talked about this where it's like I liked Phantom Thread once it got sick once she was like poisoning right. him and shit I was, <laughs> I was there for it but it took me it took kind of too long to get there um, which is probably fine I'm sure I'm sure it's just like because I get so tired hearing about people's relationships or the, having things like that doesn't connect with me a lot you know and people it's like this is supposed to be so central to the characters it's this relationship and this and oh he gets rid of women when he's tired of them and i'm like yeah that sounds like most of (laughs) most of human history (laughs) yeah right like okay uh is that supposed to be a character trait because it's like that tweet where it's like the the Shining's hardly a horror movie men just be like that <laughs> <laughs> like, wait a minute is that a character trait isn't that just kind of something that like the dudes do but you know when it gets to them having this weird like her poisoning him him kind of liking it relationship then i was paying attention but for so much of that movie i was just like all right okay thank you daniel day lewis
0: well even like there will be blood i i thought was a really great movie but i also was disappointed in how simple it was at the end of the day like it it has all these threads these loose like threads you can follow and and get lost in but in the end it's just like you know only trust yourself right
1: (laughs) don't trust daniel day lewis i knew that already (laughs) i wouldn't trust him yeah, i it's Boogie Nights is good. I'm like now now we're just, now talking, we're just about talking
0: about <laughs> <laughs> Well anyhow. In conclusion, Nightmare Alley, Vern says thumbs up, Jenna says thumbs mid midway. Right.
1: Yeah, and like i I liked both of them. Um, but I just it's you know, what I said about the remake after I saw the original where it's like the remake is exactly what a remake's supposed to be. Where it is very similar, it follows a lot of the same plot points and beats, but everything's just like amped up a little, yeah. You know, or it's like the the visuals are a little bit more intense, and you know, I really, really loved Rooney Mara's character, um, her version of Molly. I enjoy her uh, acting anyway. Uh, you know, you know how I feel about cold women, <laughs> but. I so I really liked her, but I also really loved that whole scene of her talking about like, well, I when I was first getting electrocuted, like it would cramp this whole part of my body up, and I just kind of had to know when I had too much, and like I've had too much, I'm over this, I'm walking away. Um, I thought she that that character in the new one was made much more realistic. Uh, much i just don't think in the old one molly's kind of more hysterical and i want to be like weren't aren't you like an orphan who's been traveling with a circus like shouldn't <laughs> you have a little more of a level head on your shoulders right stop screaming it's just a con right relax uh because so and at least like with that whole scene the richard richard jenkins character like actually tries to approach her it, it the thing gets spoiled because he's like running at her trying to touch her so i like thought that kind of that sort of followed more of a logic to me um and i don't have a problem with bradley cooper <laughs> but it's funny because you're not the first person to say that a whole bunch of people were like you know even the the people i went to go see the original with uh one of them he was going like yeah i mean bradley cooper he's so old in it he's supposed to be like he's supposed to be younger he's supposed to be this and he's like not that good of an actor. And I was like, yeah, I mean, but it's kind of a perfect role for him. It's like a opportunistic sleazebag. Right. <laughs> like, that kind of, I mean, I, I get the, that you're like, he's so smarmy looking like he is. I think that's for those of us who like him, that's kind of part <laughs> of his appeal, which is weird. I tend to not like uh, confident men, but.
0: I, I but... like Look, I, don't get me wrong. I love smarmy men, but uh
1: <laughs> I tend to not I tend to be like ugh alright
0: it depends but I don't know why it works I just need yeah. more charm I think and he's not very charming to me and I don't but I also don't find him physically attractive and maybe that's a big part
1: of it yeah because I think that's probably it where it's like I, I I've got kind of like a ginger thing going on we all know that <laughs> so he's like kind of kind of gingery and um, so he's probably like attractive enough to me that like I allow for the smarm but he's no Johnny Knoxville. <laughs> <laughs> he's the sleaziest looking man I like.
0: Well, for, for the 47 version, I, I my my uh, recommendation is just that it it's surprisingly it's surprisingly brutal for a 47 movie. And and even though noirs get pretty rough and you know they have these kind of points of violence, what I liked about it was just how it it has it has violence and it also just keeps going down and down and down and down and down into the gutter. And even at the point in which, again, like, you know exactly how it's going to end because it's the most blatant foreshadowing in the first five minutes. Right. Like, you know, the, the most like 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 a high schooler could have written that. So, you know, I, I definitely understand why it, it's not when you're used to the more the uh, more subtlety and and more um expressive filmmaking it, it it's going to disappoint but I think in a way if you can watch if if you are have an interest in it or you like to the tw- the 2021 one you should definitely go back and watch the original maybe give it a little time so you kind of forget some of the details or something but uh I think it's worth it I think it's fun
1: yeah I definitely think it's worth it. I mean it's unless I'm very I very rarely say something's like not Worth it to watch unless it like sickened me, you know. <laughs> then, it, then it's not, and even still, then I'm kind of like, Well, I don't know, you might want to watch it and make up your own mind, but I'm never gonna watch it again. Uh, so it's, I uh, love love Tyrone Power, like, he was I, great, you know, he's great. Into, he, I've, I after that movie, I've been kind of thinking, I like looked him up because it's obviously like a name I knew. But if you asked me if I had seen a movie he was in, I don't, I don't think I could have ever, like, I don't think I could have picked him out of a lineup. I think I just kind of knew the name. And then I Googled a whole bunch of them. Boy, he looked great. But again, I don't think he looked that young either. I don't know. I don't know how to, everybody, everybody looked kind of old in that movie.
0: I'm trying to think now of a movie that I wouldn't recommend somebody watch and the only thing, like a recent one and the only thing I can think of is Mank.
1: <laughs> oh, God. Yeah, it's so long, right? It's
0: just, it's it's terrible. Everything about it's terrible. Gary Oldman and Amanda
1: Siegfried? Yeah. yeah right? That's, I remember when it came out, but I was like, I don't think I'm going to go see this. Don't. Yeah, I'm trying to think of like what movie, yeah, what I would like tell people was a waste of time well I guess even that it's like I have you know um, unless it really I'll kind of watch something that's a waste of time too you know like <laughs> what else am I doing with it you know I'm not doing anything with this all this time I might as well watch a movie so I think the only times I would like not recommend something is if it was blatantly offensive or because honestly, even something that would like sickened or upset me, that meant it got a reaction. You know, sometimes that means I liked it, right? Uh, so it's hard. It's hard to be like, what would I not recommend? But it's yeah. I feel like I kind of recommend anything, even if I didn't like it. I'm like, well, I want. I'm telling you to watch Short Bus, and I kind of think I hated it. I don't know. I, I <laughs> I'm gonna rewatch that movie because I feel like I should have liked it. Uh, and I laughed a lot like I was entertained but I think in the end it just kind of like annoyed me more than entertained me
0: well here this is our cliffhanger for the next episode right here
1: right when we both watch short
0: bus and then maybe I'll explain to Veronica why she might not like it (laughs) right yeah we'll figure it out we'll we'll, we're this is the I don't know I don't even know what do we call this the girl detectives (laughs)
1: Opinion detectives.
0: Yeah, perfect.
1: Opinion therapy. (laughs) Getting to the root of our own opinions.